welcome to Savor, where we delight in God's goodness through discovering His heart. Join hosts Stacy and Suzanne along with special guests as they have honest conversations about how to savor God's Word as they grow in their relationship with Christ. Welcome to the third episode of the Savor Podcast. We are so excited that you are joining us on this very special episode today. We have the privilege of our producers joining us. Mandy and Suzanne and Kelly are all here today. Hey, how are you? It's good to be here. Super great. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, yeah. Kelly. Are you thrilled I'm about not it? I'm sure you seem very excited. <laughs> I thought you were pausing because you were going to take a beat. Nope, not pausing, <laughs> Kelly. This is all in it. This is what it's all about. <laughs> See, don't you guys already feel more relaxed knowing that this is the way we roll on the Saber podcast? So today we really do have a great episode in store for you, and we are thrilled um, to be able to talk to you. Our episode is titled, Do I Need a History Degree to Understand the Bible? So we're going to tackle that question and all of the other things that come into play when we're reading our Bible. So today's episode is all about the B. B-I-B-L-E. That's the word for me. You guys remember that song? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's That's the Book for Me. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. It's That's the Book for Me. Do you want me Is to that sing from it? Sunday School? Yes. No, we um, don't need this song sung. Sure. It's okay. Because yeah. I could sing it. I think no. we can sing it in our hearts. Okay. <laughs> oh, I like that. I just sang it, Stacey. We're good. <laughs> See? So good. So good. One day, ladies, I'm going to get to sing. I know it. I know it. Um, But before we tackle that episode, I want you guys to get to know Mandy and Kelly a little bit better. We are so blessed to have them be a part of this podcast. And um, so, Mandy, why don't you just tell us a little bit about how you ended up at this table here um, tonight? Well, Stacy, uh, you did ask me to the table, so <laughs> here I am, <laughs> and I do appreciate the ask. Um, but I have uh, been coming to Crosstown for quite a while, and uh, and I'm excited to be a part of the Saber podcast, and this is a first time for me being a part of something like this, and it's a great a great time, a great group of ladies, and I'm excited about uh, about this episode and and the ones to come. So, uh, thank you for letting me be a part of it. Yeah, thank you for being here. And the moral of the story is, if you're friends with me, I will ask you to do something Absolutely. that makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> right, Isn't ladies? That true. That that is amen to that. One hundred percent. That's right. So, everybody, be my friend, so I can ask you to do something awkwardly uncomfortable. Yes. Kelly, tell us a little bit about how you ended up here and. While you're here. Yeah. Similar to Mandy's story, I was asked. I was voluntold <laughs> of this opportunity. Um, but, you know, Stacy's a friend that uh, often believes what you don't believe yet about yourself. And mm-hmm. I, in my past, have been a listener more than I've been a speaker. So um, I think she's pushing me towards, you know, exercising my speaking gifts that she thinks that I have, maybe. I know that um, you have. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly, sometimes when you talk, it's just like a little wisdom. Mm-hmm. What do you call that? Like a wisdom bomb. Yeah. A wisdom, a wisdom bomb? bomb. I think you've coined a new word. I yeah. make up words a lot. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I've been across town for, I think, 13-ish years. Yeah. I can't do math. I know. Um, can't yeah, she I can't either. I, know. I cannot do math. That's, That's why I just said a lot of years. But, <laughs> but you guys know what her secret talent is? She can stage a charcuterie board like nobody's oh, business. Yeah, and 
we have the photos to prove it. I have some practice in that domain. Yes, and it's good. It's real Mm -hmm. good. Well, we are so glad that you guys are here with us today. And we really are just going to get into the topic of, um, you know, what is the Bible? Like, how do I read it? What version of the Bible? Do I really need a history degree? Because I don't know about you guys, but when I started reading the Bible as an adult— it was pretty intimidating to me. Uh, when I would open it, I would read things and it didn't make sense. I didn't understand the order of it. I wasn't really sure. Even though I grew up in church and I accepted Christ at seven years old and I was even in sword drill. Anybody know sword oh, drill? yeah. I did lots of sword drills. Me too. Went all the way to the state level and oh, okay. totally lied in the state <gasps> competition. <gasps> stepped in the Yes, it's my it's one of my things. I stepped forward but I didn't really yeah, have yeah. the right passage. So the mm. way sword drill works is you have your sword drill Bible and they'll yeah. call out Mark mm-hmm. three fifteen, And if you can open whoever can mm-hmm. get to it the fastest, you step forward mm-hmm. and they only call on one person to read the verse. And so I was at the state level and the competitiveness got to me and I was not in the place where I was supposed to be, but I stepped forward anyway. They did not call on me, but I burst into tears crying because I knew I had cheated and oh. lied and I made an immediate <laughs> confession. <laughs> I am weird like that, but no, but, I would have done the same thing. Yeah. See? Yeah, totally. <laughs> the guilt would have gotten to me. It not was me. Like, I would still be looking for Mark 513. <laughs> yeah. The Bible drill was another thing I was voluntold to do. Yeah. So I was always yeah. the last one. <laughs> and for those listening that don't know what a sword drill is, it's where you um, have to find the passage right away and no tabbies are allowed on no your sword tab. drill. So you have to memorize where everything is in the Bible. Um, all yeah. the all the uh, the books of the Bible, the chapters, mm. and uh, you can't have those those uh, tabs. No, so. you cannot. But ladies, ain't no shame in having a tab Absolutely. on your Bible today. If no you, sword drills here. Nope, that's right. So and anything. there's a great table of contents in the beginning of your Bible <laughs> that gives you a page. Yes, <laughs> and you are you are not timed. That's the only page of my Bible that is has fallen out. <laughs> Yes, definitely get that table of contents out and uh, look at it. So that's kind of what we're going to look at today. So I guess one of the first things we're going to talk about is, you know, maybe you're asking yourself, what kind of Bible do I even choose? Because if you go to any bookstore or look online, I mean, dozens of versions of the Bible, because just FYI, the Bible was not written in English originally. Um, It was written in Hebrew Aramaic and Greek. Those are primarily the three languages, mostly Hebrew, Old Testament, Greek, New Testament, a little bit of Aramaic thrown in there, here and there. So um, what we're reading today is either a translation or a paraphrase. So what kind of Bibles do you guys like? Anybody have a preference on what version of the Bible you like to read? I like to read the NIV because it's written on a level of a seventh grader. Yep, that's it. Yeah, so that's <laughs> that's my preferred. Um, as I've started reading more of the Bible, I do like to um, read them, read a verse in different versions, but my go-to is the NIV. Mm-hmm. I like it. I would say that I started on the NIV, especially when um, I've been a Christian for most of my life, you know, like Stacy um, said, 
when you were seven. Mm-hmm. I think I'm sorry, but I was five. So <laughs> you beat me. She wins. My competitiveness <laughs> is just in that. Um, so you may have beat me in a sword drill, but uh, came to Jesus earlier than you. So, um, but I was. And we are the same age, so you did actually. You beat me by two years. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. So that was probably my first, and I still actually have the Bible. Um, the NIV Bible that's, it's like falling apart that when, um, when I was a teenager and I have notes written all in it and, and everything. So I love that and cherish it. And, um, as I've gotten older, um, I do go to different versions, ESV, uh, NASB, um, boy, there's a lot of A's yeah. and B's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's different and it's really interesting if you have that verse and just to, um, you know, to look at it into different versions to really to get that meat out of it yeah that's good yeah I pretty much stick with NASB and not for any other reason other than that's what my husband suggested okay he uh gave me that tip and he is also very wise yes and he also happens to be the worship pastor at Crosstown, <laughs> our church. So he's pretty good. So NASB, is that stand for New, New American, American Standard, Standard Bible? Bible. Okay, yes. I yes. thought so, but I just wanted to be sure. Mm-hmm. And NIV is New International Version. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. yes. And if you're still thinking there are a lot of acronyms that are being thrown mm-hmm. around, we are going to have some links in our show notes. Um, there's a great article about what version of the Bible you may want to pick uh, or choose for yourself. And we're going to get into that a little bit more. But before we really tackle that, that's just kind of an introduction for it. You know, I want uh, to hear maybe from you guys, how did you start that process? Because it doesn't come natural, or at least it didn't for me to start reading God's Word and understanding God's Word and savoring the Word of God, enjoying it completely and totally. If I'm honest, in the beginning for me, when I started reading God's Word, I'd read it for five minutes and be like, okay, great. Praise God. Steadfast love. Okay, there we go. That's what I got today. Um, What about you guys? How, How did that process start for you when you really began daily getting into God's Word? How did that happen for you guys? To be honest with you, I mean, I'm not that far from what you're describing. Um, I consider myself a newbie. I've never won Bible trivia. I've never been, quote unquote, good at the Bible or reading the Bible. Um, I have, you know, I'll, I'll look for the shortest Bible plan on the Bible app just so that I can say that I've done it and get through, you know, get through the plan. And um, But if it's, it's always kind of been like, a sampler platter of of <laughs> Bible collections, and I don't necessarily know how to connect them and, and understand the big story of Jesus and, and Christ and, uh, you know, all that he's given to us through this beautiful uh, book. Um, so just recently, when we've uh, talked about doing this podcast, I reached out to a friend just to kind of communicate that I feel way over my head with this. Um, so... Uh, we just started the Read the Bible in a Year. Awesome. Um, so I think that that's going to be a good way for me to really get the full picture um, of, yeah, the whole story. Yeah. I love that. So you asked someone to do it with you. Yes. That's huge. That's a huge key. Ladies, if you're listening to this and you want to know where to start, I think, Kelly, you just really identified. Ask somebody to do it with you. Wisdom bomb. 
Yeah, that's a wisdom bomb right there, ladies. By Kelly Taylor. That's right. <laughs> I needed some help. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's, I mean, I think that anybody who says they started reading the Bible and didn't need help would be lying. Mm-hmm. It would be like Stacy back at sword drills, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> There you go. Exploit me, Suzanne. She's <laughs> never going to live it down. I know. Um, but, you know, I think that that's, you know, when I first started reading the Bible, I grew up um, going to church with my family, but it, a Catholic church and my parents were divorced. So then my biological dad, every, every once in a while when I would see him, we would go to bat, like a Southern Baptist church. And so mm-hmm. just that... Um, difference. difference between mm-hmm. those two was quite stark, and I was a very confused child. Well, so, can I stop for yeah, just one second? Yeah. Actually, that's another thing. The Protestant Bible that we use here at Crosstown um, is very different. Well, not very different, but it is different than the Catholic Bible. They have some books in their Bible that we don't mm-hmm. have. I will just say they're not... Um, Anything that's—the books that are in the Catholic Bible don't say anything that our Bible doesn't already say. Mm -hmm. But if you're interested in that, again, there's a website we'll give you um, some link and information to to really dig into that if that's something you're interested in. So there is a difference between the Protestant Bible and the Catholic Bible with the amount of books that are in the Bible. So, sorry to interrupt. No, no, that's a good point. Not that it mattered to me because as a teenager, I didn't read any of them in the regular (laughs) Bible or the Catholic Bible. but as I, you know, got older and went through some hardship and uh, found the mentorship and things like that, I had tried to read the Bible here and there. And like you said, I would le- read like little pieces. Um, but honestly, I didn't really. There was so much of it that's confusing. Um, but unlike you, I didn't ask anybody because I feel like that would have really helped me. Instead, I just didn't do it. Mm. You know, like the mm-hmm. Bible is 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 not just like... When you think of reading a book, it's not like picking up a novel and reading it. There's so much to the Bible. And so I think as women especially, we tend to believe this lie that we can't understand the Bible. And that is a lie because we can't understand the Bible. It just might take a little bit of work and understanding exactly how the Bible's written, who wrote it, who is it written to, all those those things. So um, I would encourage everybody not to give up through this process. And, you know, it definitely will make sense. And there's still things that don't make sense to me, but then you can talk about it. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's such a good point that you just made because the Bible is 66 books. It's made up of the Old Testament, which are the books that come first, and then the New Testament, which um, basically starts with the birth of Jesus through Revelation. And I think, you know, if we picked up the Bible and tried to just read it as one book, it would be like picking up a fiction book, a nonfiction book, and a newspaper article and reading them all exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And come on, you know that we read fiction differently than we read a newspaper article. And so really understanding that the Bible is made up of poetry, that it's made up of historical um, records, it uses metaphors, it uses um, beautiful poetic language. Letters. Letters Mm -hmm. in the New Testament. So there are a variety of literary types Mm -hmm. that are in the Bible, and I think that's something that's important for us to understand. You're not going to read the book of Psalms the same way you're going to read the book of Ephesians, and Mm -hmm. that's okay, and we just have to realize that. No one ever told me that, so I thought I read Psalms exactly like Mm -hmm. I read Ephesians. 
And why not? Why does nobody tell you this stuff? Like, why this should be like the forefront of like when you come to church, like you get like a little handout on what the Bible is. I, I mean, I, this is embarrassing, but you know, and and I'm sure I'm not the only one. But when I very, you know, five years ago, six years ago, when I was really starting to get more into the Word and and trying trying that again, um, I didn't know that the Gospels all told the same story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and somebody was like, I "Just read it and um, John, it t- you know, just see what it says in there." And I'm like, "What? It's the same story." <laughs> yeah. So that should tell you where I started. Hey, that's okay. That's a that's an okay place to start. You know, absolutely. So I think it's important to just kind of understand that where where you are right now, no matter where you are, whether you um, you know have a Bible that you love that you're reading every day, or one that you read and you're not sure what it means. Uh, what we want to encourage you to do is get in God's Word, because the more time you spend in God's Word, asking God to reveal Himself to you through His Holy Spirit, who will illuminate His Word to you, it really will be beneficial. But that kind of makes me think about my next question. So when you guys, you know, think about when you're reading your Bible kind of daily, or maybe, you know, every few days, whenever you do it, do you typically read your Bible on the computer? Uh, Kelly, earlier you mentioned the Bible app. So tell me a little bit about that. And then I'd love to hear what else, Mandy, maybe you or Suzanne think about, do you have an actual Bible or? Yeah, I tend to read on the app. Um, I like the Bible app. It gives you reminders. Um, It allows you to add comments and save verses, make images for verses that you can, you know, add to your camera roll and and remind yourself of what you've learned and what you've read. Um, I do have a very beautiful Bible that I don't open (laughs) because I'm just, Mm -hmm. I just like the convenience of using Mm -hmm. my phone. So you don't ever use a real Bible usually? Sometimes, but not often. Yeah. And see, if I really want to get alone with God, I have this Bible that I have to have. Like, I don't have it with me when we're recording, and I feel awkward talking about it without having it with me. Mm-hmm. So I love that. And there's maybe not I'll get there. Well, no, no, I don't think there's one wrong way or one, you know, way that's better than the other. I love that you have a very practical, I mean, saving verse images on your camera roll, another wisdom bomb. I love mm-hmm. that. That's a great idea. Yeah, some people are just more into the digital Bible. I don't think that's any, yeah, there's no reason to aim to get where Stacey Mm -mm. is with her Bible. That's right. right. We're just a little bit older than you. And I've got little (laughs) Thanks, Suzanne. I mean, I'm just saying, I don't know. we're the same age. (laughs) You and I are. Okay, Mandy, do you prefer digital? I I have both, um, honestly. And I... One thing that I did like about having this Bible that I that I still have, and it's raggedy and everything, is that when I would take take it somewhere, take it you know to church, and um, I would write notes all over it, and so then I could go back and look at those notes, and it would you know in the margins and things like that. Um, and some Bibles now you know even have areas that you can write notes and, mm-hmm. and some people who are artistic can be really creative on those. And I'm not one of those, I those people. Love those. They're so pretty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, and I think, you know, that allows too. even when you're reading, sometimes God will speak a certain, you know, I have, a, and I think Stacy, you've mentioned this too, um, before that you've, have uh, dated certain things. You know, if God speaks a certain uh, scripture or a certain name, I've, I have names in my Bible that I've prayed, you know, a certain verse over someone. Um, and that's really, 
interesting to go back later and you can go, wow, on this date, this, you know, this is what God spoke to me. So I do like that paper. I am still someone that has a paper planner. Um, so I'm kind of old school like that. Okay. We're um, not all making fun of her right now. Nope. <laughs> Definitely hey, not. I still have one so paper planner. That's why I'm, don't know where I'm supposed to be half the time because if I don't have my paper planner, I don't know where I am. So, <laughs> but I do like the app. I use that all the time. And, um, and if you have that, uh, like a, you know, accountability partner or a friend or something like that, you can, you know, send those scripture images and you can have those reminders and you can, you know, like each other's, you can highlight a scripture and then you can like each other's um, scripture and be encouraged by someone else and see the uh, plan that, you know, I could see what Kelly's reading and be encouraged Mm -hmm. by that. And then maybe I want to join in on that reading plan. So I, I do both, but. That's great. Yeah. That's great. So kind of, you know, talking about Bibles, we've talked about what we like, some different versions of the Bible. If you do some research on it, you may find um, it's either going to tell you that it's a paraphrase or a translation. And so I kind of just want to break that down for you guys a little bit, just in case you're wondering about it. So there are some Bibles that are considered translations, which means that they are either word-for-word translations out of the original language or they're phrase-by-phrase translations. So even in translations, um, you'll see a difference. So ESV is a word-for-word translation where like New Century version is more of a phrase-by-phrase. And so they're taking those original uh, language the original language, and they're translating it the best that they can into English for those of us who are English speaking, which we all are. So that's what we're all reading. I have a friend who is Russian, though, and she reads a Russian Bible. So her Bible is translated into Russian, even though she speaks English, English is her secondary language. So her Bible is Russian because that's the way her mind thinks first. And so it was really interesting being in Bible study with her because she would be reading a Russian Bible. Then she would look up and translate it before she would in her mind very quickly and say it. So it's so fascinating to me and such a reminder of God's vastness and his grandeur and the fact that his word has been preserved better than any other book. That's what makes the Bible different than any other book too, because when you're thinking about, is it a translation or a paraphrase or this, historically, it is a document that has been preserved better than any other book in all of history. Thousands of years ago is when the the Bible was originally written or recorded and over probably somewhere around like 397. So within 400 years of the death and resurrection of Christ is when we had the canon of 66 books that we call the Bible today. That's pretty impressive. And it was actually probably even closer to the death and resurrection of Christ, but that's when it was finally solidified, agreed upon. Um, And again, we have some notes and resources in our show notes for you guys if you want to kind of delve into that a little bit more. But so uh, that's what a translation is. And then a paraphrase would be something like the New Living Translation or the Living Bible or the Message. Those are paraphrases, and that just means that it's a general idea. So they take the original language and then a group of scholars— will pour over what the Hebrew language was trying to say at that time. So the Hebrew language had idioms in it, just like we do today in uh, in English, but we don't understand those. Like, glory to God, 
That was actually a Hebrew idiom that meant uh, thank you for forgiving my sins, basically, because there has to be glory given to God because I'm such a, a sinner and I, you know, have done things that are wrong. And if God can redeem me, then glory to God. That's kind of one of those Hebrew idioms. So what they, what these scholars will do is look at the language and then just put it in a paraphrase uh, of what we can understand today. And honestly, I, I think that there are benefits to having translations and paraphrases. So a lot of times people will say, what's the best Bible I can have? Well, that's a very open-ended question because the best Bible you can have is maybe a couple of different Bibles. Sometimes I want to read the ESV, and then sometimes I need to go read it in the New Century version because I don't understand what the ESV is saying. Or sometimes I go to the Amplified. Any of you guys read the Amplified I have, version? but my brain just doesn't work that way. Where not that the one that has like in parentheses, like five different words that could be or different. And I'm just like, it's too choppy for me. But I was going to say why you were saying that because Bibles are expensive. Um, But that's why the version, the Bible app is so great because whatever your hard copy is, you can just go right to your um, version and read it in a bunch of different translations without having to have the hard copy of all the, the Bibles. That's good. That's good. Any other thoughts on that about different Bibles, different types of Bibles? You know, I was wondering, um, I have a 13-year-old daughter, and I was wondering what, and maybe some other people listening would want to know, what would be a good version for for someone like her? For a starter, um, something that she could understand, but that's not maybe too uh, broad, you know, something that's going to be a good solid version for yeah. for a youth to understand? That's such a good question because I think it's important to um, let our kids start reading on their own and modeling that mm-hmm. for them. And if you hand them a King James version of the Bible, because guess what? <laughs> the Bible was not written in King James originally, and it's not the most accurate word-for-word translation of the Bible. I know that's a <laughs> shocker for some of you who only will read the King James or the New King James Version. You can break free of that. And gosh, if you have been in the pit of trying to understand the Bible because you own a King James Bible, in the name of Jesus, go buy yourself a new Bible. Yes, (laughs) or at least go to BibleGateway.com and look it up in the New Century Bible. No, and there's nothing wrong with loving the King James Bible. I'm just like, there's like, it's so old school for me. Yeah. Like the language, and it's just like, you know, I'm like, I want to fall in love with this book, not, you know. Yeah, fall asleep. Bingo. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say, Mandy, to your question, there's several, but the New Century version is a really good one. It's written on a fifth or sixth grade level. The NIV is another good one. That's written on about a seventh grade level. ESV is probably a little bit more challenging. That's written on about a 12th grade level. Uh, So I would say either the New Century version or the New Living Translation translation um, or the NIV, any one of those would be a good Bible. The other thing I would suggest when you're looking at a Bible, maybe for your teenager, is there are Bibles that are specifically designed for them with certain devices.
devotions built into mm-hmm. the Bible to address their current needs. And so we started out when my son was probably six or seven, we bought him the Action Bible, and it looks like a comic book. And that really began his love of reading the Bible. And he, now that, see, he's a freshman in high school, has kind of graduated to uh, reading, doing you version every day. I get a notice of him highlighting verses, and I loved it. He actually even wrote a prayer request out a while back ago, and Kelly commented on it. And I was like, thank you, Jesus, that I have a community of people who will not just blow off the prayer of a 13-year-old, but actually pray for the requests that are heavy on his heart, even if it's not something that we think is the most important thing in the world. Um, So, you know, finding something that relates. So if you have a daughter, maybe look for a Bible that is geared towards teenage girls. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if you have a son, you know, something that is geared towards them. But there are resources out there. And I think it's so important to start them young, developing a love and a hunger for God's Word. And and I'm not saying my parents didn't do that. I just think my parents didn't know enough to say, oh, we want to get one that's fit for your age and where you are in this season of life. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. So good. Those are awesome, really good thoughts. Um, So, you know, when we're thinking about this whole idea of what Bible to pick, again, at the end of the day, there's probably not one that's the best for everybody. It's kind of an individual thing. The only thing I do want to say, there are a couple at least one that I know of, um, one translation that I might just be a little weary of. Again, I'm not saying don't read it. I've seen people that I love and I know love the Lord and walk intimately with Him who they've quoted it. You just want to be where there's one called the Passion Translation. Are you guys familiar with it at all? Mm -hmm. I am. Mm -mm. Okay. So the Passion Translation, um, one of the differences about it is it basically is almost an interpretation of the Bible. And there are some specific examples um, where you can see how it's quoted if you compare the ESV, the NASB, and then the Passion Translation on certain verses. You'll see this. So the only thing I would say, I'm not saying don't read it, but think of it more as a devotion or a commentary. And when I'm when we're talking about commentaries, that's just a book that helps you understand a book of the Bible. And we'll get into that a little bit too, because commentaries, what, what, girls? Anybody loving a commentary? Mm-hmm. Yeah? No? Maybe? Just me? Yeah. Just me? Love a, love a good commentary. <laughs> there you go. That's it. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's the only thing I would say about the Passion Translation is just think about that because it's one man's interpretation. And if you go and look at what he says about it, he says that it's his interpretation interpretation. And we have to be careful when we bring our interpretation to God's Word. Um, you know, and that's where, honestly, we have to pray because uh, it's the Holy Spirit who illuminates God's Word to us. And so that's the other thing, a real practical tip. I just encourage you, if you want to read God's Word and understand it, maybe you've just started reading and not stop to pause and pray. Mm-hmm. So before you open God's Word and begin reading it, just stop and say, God, through the power of your Holy Spirit, reveal to me who you are and what you want to say to me. Illuminate to me what your word is saying. And I promise you, if you keep doing that faithfully, he will reward you. His word tells us that he rewards those who seek him. Um, He will draw near to you when you draw near to him. He will satisfy those who hunger and thirst. And girls, I could just preach it on the rest of the (laughs) I will not. I will not. You know, as you say that, that one thing that is so important about— 
about getting to know the word of God and, and having an understanding about it is because there are so many, um, there are so many paraphrases, there are so many books, there are so many studies, there are so many just in general and all under, um, you know, we can go into a Christian bookstore and there are so many things. And if we don't know what the Bible says, if we aren't, um, you know, literate in those things, then we can just believe everything that we read. So that's why it's so important or, or that we hear, you know, there's different speakers and, and even here at Crosstown, um, you know, Pastor Paul will tell, will tell us, you know, make sure you, you, when you listen to me, you know, hear what I'm saying and, and read scripture, make sure that what I'm saying is backed up by scripture. And, um, and that's so important. And that's why we need to know, um, you know, it's not just for, I mean, it's for a spiritual growth, but it's also, um, so we know exactly what is, what we're taking in. And, and that's just so vital to, to our growth and to our, the growth of the people around us. Yeah. That's a great point, Mandy. It is. And to be aware of that. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if you feel like God has said something to you or God has spoken through a person, take it back to God's Word and make sure that you have a verse or a couple of verses that will support what that person has said to you or what you think that you've heard. I had someone say to me, yeah, I really think God told me that, you know, um, the truth is in me and I need to be true to myself. And I thought, huh, what I know about the Bible does not say that I need to be true to myself. It actually, in several places, says guard your heart because out of it is the wellspring of life and guard your heart because it's wicked (laughs) and it will deceive you. And my heart leads me astray. It led me astray an hour ago and led me right into a cappuccino and I drank that cappuccino (laughs) even though you girls tried to stop me. I drank it right with you. I did not try to stop you. Well, I think too um, what Mandy said was, was so important but it made me think of how when you always talk about, um, you know, well, number one, Scripture tells us that there are going to be um, wolves in sheep clothing and, and really talking about teachers and preachers and things like that. And so being able to discern truth from non-truth, it reminds me of how we always talk about um, when the people who, I have no idea what you would call them. I'm sure they work for the government. I don't know. They uh, <laughs> where oh you're boy. going with this? No, oh the, boy, oh the, boy. the counterfeit money. Oh um, yeah, is that they don't study the mm. the fake stuff, right? They don't learn anything about that. They like focus so much on the actual money mm-hmm. that they that's how they recognize the mm-hmm. fake money. Yeah, the counterfeit mm-hmm. money is because they know the real money so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a great analogy, I think, for reading the Bible, because a lot of times things come cloaked in what seems good and what seems right and what sounds like this would be good. This is what yeah. has, God has for us. But really, when you uh, break it down and, and try to back it with Scripture, you'll see that it's not what mm-hmm. you think it is. And so I think I, I always love that analogy and I always think about that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great analogy. And it really kind of brings us 
near the end of what we're going to be talking about today, but just this idea that, um, you know, find a Bible, find a version of the Bible that works for you, that you enjoy reading and uh, start there, you know, and then if you want a little bit more commentaries or another place to go to. So one of my favorite commentaries is more of a devotional commentary. It's EnduringWord.com, and we'll have the link in the show notes for you. Um, But it's real simple, and it really, it is a go-to for me. It's a free online commentary. There's also studylight.org, and they have dozens and dozens of commentaries. And the thing that I like about all of their commentaries, it tells you when the commentary was written, because some of them were written like in the 1800s, y'all. So (laughs) some of them, a little hard. But hey, I've learned dead guys never change their theology. So it's usually pretty (laughs) solid to stick with a dead guy's theology if it was solid theology, because he's not going to change it. Um, But they explain to you the difference in the commentaries and a little bit of background on those commentaries. So I think that's something to use as a resource. But don't be afraid to ask questions. Ask other people. If you know someone has a really good relationship with God, ask them, hey, how do you do that? Um, What do you read? What version of the Bible do you read? Go talk to your pastor. If you're here at Crosstown, Pastor Paul loves to talk about that kind of stuff. So ask those questions of people around you. And then I was thinking when you were talking about the idea of counterfeit, so I heard this analogy by Lisa Tukerst when she was, she's a, a Bible teacher and has written a lot of books, Unglued and Uninvited. She's got a lot of unstuff going on. She has an amazing testimony yeah, and um, mm-hmm. she's just a really gifted teacher. And I heard her talk about, she did a Bible study called Good Bible Study Girl, I think probably uh, several years ago. And in that, she said that she always, she loved pineapple. But she was intimidated by a real pineapple. So she never had, I mean, have y'all ever picked up a real pineapple? And Mm -hmm. like, it's all spiky and it's a little intimidating. But um, she said, so she always ate canned pineapple. And one day she went over to a friend's house and the friend had a real pineapple and said, do you want pineapple? And she said, are you going to actually cut that thing? No way. (laughs) And the friend was like, yeah, as long as you know how to do it, it's super easy. And she showed her, you cut the top off, you cut the sides off, you cut this and you just slice it. And she said, when she tasted that real pineapple, there was no substitute. She could never go back to canned pineapple. So if all you've been doing in getting to know God is listening to what other people say about God, you're eating canned pineapple. Mm -hmm. And God says, come savor my goodness, get into my word. And I promise you, just Mm -hmm. like learning how to cut a pineapple, maybe we'll get Kelly to record a video of her cutting a pineapple. And you know, Kelly's other secret talent, cutting a wedding cake, like nobody's business, (laughs) a 10 layered wedding cake. Kelly, you know, you know, your mama runs a catering company and y'all do all kinds of events and it's all the circle cut, you know, (laughs) I do my best. Yeah, you do good. You do real good. But I just want to encourage you guys, don't let the Bible look like a pineapple to you. And I want to say on Study Light, this is one of my favorite parts about Study Light, is the interlinear Bible mm-hmm. um, that you were just looking at. And it is, if you are struggling with a word, or sometimes when I'm reading scripture, a word just like kind of pops off the page at me. And sometimes it's nothing, and sometimes it's something pretty cool. But if you go on Study Light, and you can click, put your verse in and click on the interlinear, inter, I can't get that linear. out. Linear. Yes, thank you. Interlinear. Uh, Bible, and it will take you to the original language, and you can click on the words and see the definitions and things like that. Um, and it, to me, that's really cool, but I can kind of be like a word nerd, so yeah. that really floats my boat. 
That's good. That I'm good. here for the word nerds. Yeah. yeah. I love. Yeah. So, so I, I like that. I do have one question since we have a little bit more time. Um, so something that I have been asked before and, um, since it's been so long since my systematic theology class, um, <laughs> hopefully, you know, the answer, or maybe it's too much of an answer and we'll get into it next time. But, you know, um, been asked more than once by, well, how do we know why the Bible, so to speak, why the Bible, who wrote the Bible and why is it the word of God? Gosh, that's a wow. deep question right there. Yeah. Right. I think well, we have 30 we went seconds from, left. went from cutting pineapples to that. Yeah, well, you know, question. Yeah. you know. No pressure there, Suzanne. Well, if we can't answer that, then people are just going to keep eating canned pineapple, right? <laughs> Ayo. Oh, uh, but that good. probably is a longer answer, and we can always get into that mm-hmm. next no. time. No, I think that's it is true, though. The Bible, we, again, like I was saying earlier, the Bible is one of the books that has been preserved in history better than any other piece of literature. Josephus was a historian who lived uh, after Jesus's resurrection, and he was a Jewish historian. And if you go back and read the writings of Josephus, he was not a follower of Christ. He was not, but he was a Jewish historian, and he validates so many things that we see in the New Testament especially. And then for the Old Testament, we have the Dead Sea Scrolls, which were found in like 1947, I think, and they were an astonishing discovery because it basically was every book of the Old Testament in these scrolls. And so it proved the historicity. Mm-hmm. That's just a fancy word for, if you got, I, don't, I had to learn that word, but it's just a fancy word for the proof of history. Mm-hmm. And it's the historicity. If you guys already knew that, then just laugh at me and smile. But um, the Dead Sea Scrolls are another resource that we have. And that was found in 1947? I like, think, don't quote me on that. I think no, like something, okay, but like modern history. Recent. Yes. That's yes. crazy. Yes. I but I, I love that because I think people don't grasp the idea that the, the Bible has been historically proven mm-hmm. yes. to mm-hmm. be accurate and true and real. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to, you know, we commonly will hear people, or I have heard people say, well, it's just written by men. So it's just like them writing any other book. Well, but those people also believe the history books that we read. You know, we're lear- we've learned history and we're okay with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but somehow we have a rub with the Bible being a historical document. Yes, and it is. People who are not followers of Christ or would not call themselves Christians but are historians mm-hmm. would tell you there is proof and reliability um, in the historicity of the Bible. So, yeah, I just for sure. think that's important, yeah. Yeah, no, know. I think that's a good point. It's it's really um, helpful to understand that. And, and if you have kids, I think the questions they ask now are way different than when I was growing up. It was like my parents said, here's the Bible. Or it was just like known. I think it was praying my grandma, but, you know, this is the Bible. Mm-hmm. This is, and I never had those questions. Mm-hmm. Um so now I kind of think, like, I'm kind of pissed off I didn't have those questions. Like, why? Yeah. I'm just not intellectual enough to have these questions. <laughs> but our kids can get answers. But our kids are like, yeah. They, yeah, with the age of the Internet, mm-hmm. they can get answers to everything, and they want to see that proof. But there is. And if you want to do research in it, there is tons and tons of research and books written about how we know the Bible is um, 
accurate and historical, and uh, there are all kinds of resources available to help us work through that. And people, again, that are not Christ followers who say, yeah, no, it's an accurate history and Mm -hmm. and we see that and we have it supported. There's stuff called extra biblical text. So there's the book of Maccabees and the book of Asadras and all these other historical books that were written that also reinforce what we see happening, especially in the Old Testament and some of the battles and the nations who were at war with each other and all of that stuff. Uh, And that kind of brings me to one of the last questions. Kelly, I think you had asked this question and I thought it was such a good question. You had asked, what are some tips for remembering the sequence um, and related stories that are woven into the Bible? Kind of like what's a, how do you understand? So there's what's called the meta narrative of scripture. It just means the, that word just means the overarching story mm-hmm. of the Bible. And really it's basically, it starts out with creation. In the beginning of the Bible, we see in Genesis, and then the fall. That's when Adam and Eve, you know, eat the fruit. And then we see the story of redemption over and over and over and over and over and over and over again throughout the Old Testament. You see the redemption story told, I can't even tell you, dozens and dozens of times where God would come in and redeem the Israelites. They were his chosen people, the Hebrews, the Israelites. And then we also see the final restoration. And that takes us all the way to the end, the book of Revelation, where he says that he will make everything new. He will restore. And so if you just want to know kind of a quick overview, it's the idea of creation, fall, redemption, restoration. That's basically the story of the Bible. And you see it told throughout from Genesis to Revelation. And I think it's also important to remember that the Bible was written for us, not to us. So a lot of times we will look at the Bible like it was written straight to me. Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm. not written to me, but it was written for my benefit. And that's how we know that it's alive and active. I think that's huge. When I first heard, I remember first hearing that years ago, and and that to me was a, a a big light bulb, I think. Um, that it was um, for us, or to, what did you just say? Yeah. That's <laughs> that it. That it was for, for us, us, but not, not to us. us. Yes. Yeah. Um, That's why it's okay if you got a nose pierced. You know, if your nose is yeah. pierced, because Scripture in the Old Testament will tell you, don't right. do that. And even in the New Testament, it tells women not to wear gold and braided mm-hmm. hair. Ladies. <laughs> that was culturally written to a different right. group of people than us, but we can benefit from the overarching message right. in that, mm-hmm. that we don't need to pay more attention to our outward beauty than we do our heart being transformed from one degree of glory to the next. Right. And, and I think then, we and, see oh, that, sorry. sorry, I think we see that so much mm-hmm. in people who want to, um, not bash, but kind of pick bash. apart, yes, right. pick apart the Bible mm-hmm. or prove why it's a sucky book or whatever you want to call it is, you know, like, oh, well, I can't have braided hair. These people also don't know how to approach the Bible because if they did, they would know that it has to be read within the context of the culture, um, in which we're reading about. So I think that's so important. Yeah. That's what I was. Oh, and, and yes, Mandy and I are on the same wavelength yeah. here. 
I love it. it. It's good. It's good. Well, ladies, thank you for hanging with us as we bring this episode to a close. We want to end with our savor moment. Uh, You know, at the end of every episode, we're going to give you a savor moment. And so today, what we are encouraging you, challenging you, exhorting you to do um, is to read Psalm 34-7. So we want you to read that verse. It's one verse. We want you to read it. Read it in multiple versions, and it talks about fearing the Lord. And we kind of want you to just read that and begin asking God, what does that mean? Use the resources that we've given to you, like studylight.org or Enduring Word commentary to find out more about what God is speaking in that verse. Because I think sometimes, again, when we talk about translations, it gets lost in translation. And maybe you think that you're supposed to fear God, like be afraid of and terrorized by God. That is definitively not what that passage is saying. And so sometimes it's helpful for us to spend some time really trying to understand what that word means. And so we just encourage you, get with a girlfriend, read it, talk to them. Have some pineapple. Some oh, real yes, pineapple. some real pineapple. Absolutely. Eat some real pineapple and just get into the Word of God and savor His goodness. And take some photos. Take some photos of sharing some pineapple with your friend and um, or you know, by yourself and with this Psalm 34, seven reading and, um, hashtag saver podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tell us us about it. Tell us about your experience. Maybe we'll pick a winner or something of who has the best picture eating their pineapple. (laughs) This is getting weird. (laughs) I like it though. We might just do something. We don't know. That's good. Uh, But I, I say too, yeah. And if you are spending that time in 34, seven, um, I would encourage you, if you want to go a little bit further to read the whole Psalm 34, you might see that word again, and it might mean something different. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Yeah. Well, thank you, ladies, for being here. It was thank awesome. It was fun. Us. Yeah. And we look forward to having uh, Mandy and Kelly back with us, you yeah, know, absolutely. when you can skip out on your day jobs and come <laughs> hang out with us yeah. late into the evening hours drinking cappuccino. Drinking and- cappuccino. Anytime you have coffee, I'm here. There you go. That's it. You'll work for coffee. I work for coffee. I love it. Awesome. I mean, not during the day, but I will work for coffee at night. There you go. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. And um, remember, savor the goodness of God. Thank you for listening to Savor. For information on SOAR Women's Ministry, visit CrosstownChurch.com or download our app. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please remember to like and subscribe. 